0: Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most
1: exciting solopreneurs, startups, and side hustlers share their startup stories. Rising Tide helps you break free from the Monday blues and launch your own startup. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. My special guest today is Clay Clark. Clay, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide.
0: Hey, I appreciate you for putting up with me and for uh, demonstrating the lack of judgment needed to have me on your show.
1: (laughs) Well, it's been 15 seconds, so uh, I don't oh, okay. know how, how soon. We're going to have to hit the pause button, but, uh, man, I, I'm really looking forward to this and done a little uh, stalking before, you know, pre-show stalking and yeah. seeing you on other other podcasts and some some videos out there. You're pretty ubiquitous.
0: Well, I, I appreciate you uh, uh, using a word with that many syllables to describe me.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, for, for those in Arkansas, I meant you. He's everywhere. So, uh, yeah, I hate to throw, sorry, throw all my family under the bus, but... Uh, What he's trying
0: to say is he's trying to say that there's everywhere, (laughs) originally. Exactly.
1: Yeah, you're going to speak a little quieter. Yeah, Clay, tell a rising tide a little bit about yourself.
0: Uh, Well, I'm the uh, former United States uh, Small Business Administration's uh, Entrepreneur Entrepreneur of the Year for the state of Oklahoma. Um, I founded a company out of my dorm room at Oral Roberts University called uh, DJConnection.com. I started EITRLounge.com, alphabetically speaking. I started Uh, EpicPhotos.com, MakeYourLifeEpic.com, a company now called Party Pro Rents. It used to be called Party Perfect Rents. It was a big party rental company. Uh, The Tulsa Bridal Association. I messed up the alphabet. They're in the uh, Thrivetimeshow.com. But there's a lot of different businesses, Um, Tip Top Canine Franchising. I'm helping them franchise their business. Um, And basically, I grew up without money. I thought to myself, self, I'd like to make money. How much money? I thought I'd like to be a millionaire and hire my dad before I was 30. And I made a list of, uh, you know, how many DJ shows I would have to do to do that. I had a wedding entertainment company that before I sold it, we were doing 4,000 events per year, 80 events per weekend. And when the average event makes a profit of, of at the time when I sold it, it made a profit of $167 per show. If you're making $167 per show and you want to make a million dollars a year, you can kind of do the math. And uh, we did it. And so I sold the DJ business when I was uh, 26, 27. And uh, then I took that money and invested in uh, medical businesses, uh, photography businesses, uh, uh, men's grooming, um, just all different industries. And now we coach 160 clients that we charge $1,700 a month to We operated about a 15% 15 profit margin. So if you're one of my clients, uh, like colawfitness.com or fullpackagemedia.com or ShawHomes.com, you're paying me $1,700 a month. I'm making approximately $340 a month off your account. And uh, we have 160 clients. And uh, like Shaw Homes, we started off with them. They were at $37 million a year of revenue. And this year we have crested over $80 million and we are not in December yet as of the time of this recording. So we've doubled the size of Oklahoma's largest home building company and uh, we document all of our case studies. So it's very transparent and we only take on 160 clients, which is uh, why we started doing conferences because we can't accommodate any more clients or I don't choose to accommodate sure. any, more, cli- any sure. more clients.
1: So so give us a little family background.
0: Yeah, I have a wife who's incredible named Vanessa Clark. If you Google her, you will discover that she uh, has all the genetic DNA that one would want to be a model. And I have all the genetic code needed to be a backup hand model.
1: Uh, <laughs> you like have a radio scene. face.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but we have five kids and uh, we have 40 plus chickens, thousands of trees, and we live at what we affectionately call Camp Clark and Chicken Palace. And then behind our home, we have the Lampoon Lagoon, which is essentially a man cave with a big pool and kind of a grotto. And that's what we do. You know, we spend a lot of time uh, learning, earning, and burning at the Clark House.
1: And this is in Oklahoma?
0: Yeah, Oklahoma, uh, the center of the universe.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I've i heard that that's where you go when you die. Is that that true?
0: Uh, I You know, I think a lot of people, know this is a, something a controversial idea. I know, you have, I know you have listeners all over the world, but We've begin, we're have we beginning to hear, um, mainly in my office, that Oklahoma is is the capital of tourism in America. And so we've scheduled If you come to a, a conference, we're going to make a sod farm to, tour available for you <laughs> where we'll take you to whatever sod farm you want to see. And you just want to remember when you're laying sod, green side up, folks, green side up.
1: <laughs> that's a good rule to live by. That's, that's a life tip. I don't know how you can compete with the world's biggest ball of yarn in Kansas. I mean, you know, well, there's
0: the world's biggest ball of twine in Minnesota where I'm from. And that was impressive. I mean, I, a lot of times, I mean, I pondered it just the profundity of it for hours.
1: <laughs> well, now that we've established that you, you don't like transparency and you're a classic underachiever, um, would you unpack a little bit? I mean, you went through these, these businesses kind of at a, at a you know, quantum pace here. So, Take us back a little bit and just kind of walk us through the whole transition. I mean, you just woke up one day in your teens and said, hey, um, I'm tired of being poor and I just want to start something. And
0: that is true. You did
1: this in your, your dorm room. But
0: that's, that's true. What happened is we, we DJed a school uh, you, you, and everybody is in high school or middle school. You attend a dance and the dance is a time for you to pretend like you don't have parents and your parents drop you off as far from the school as possible. So they're going to drop you off of half a block or a block. You're trying to negotiate maybe a mile or two. They drop you off in the parking lot and you show up with other eighth graders, seventh graders. And what you're trying to do is you're try, if you're a man, you're trying to find a woman that you can dance with at some point. And you're kind of chicken, and so for some reason you're you're playing basketball and you're chasing dudes around, and you no one's really dancing except for the one guy in your class who's a dancer. So that guy, the yeah. guy, That that guy. So that guy's out there dancing with all the ladies. Meanwhile, you're not dancing. And then when the lights dim down and they say, "Ladies and gentlemen, we have ten minutes until your parents will pick you up." It occurs to you, you're <laughs> show up again. So now you go and run. You find I'm uh, old enough. I was uh, I'm born in 1980, so when I was in eighth grade, all the girls their names were Ashley or Amanda, and a lot of Amanda's, a lot of Ashley's, all the guys' names, their, their names were John. You'd see a lot of Johns and Lukes. Now it's Skyler's and Madison's and that kind of thing. But you would look for a young lady with big bangs because it was in the 80s. You'd find that lady, and you would you would ask her to dance with you, and then you would dance to End of the Road by Voice to Men, and then the lights would turn on, and then your parents would find you. And Anyway, I discovered that the dances were bad. You know, you got good pizza, you got the good, uh, uh, you know, Food options—you got tons of Mountain Dew, enough Mountain Dew to kill a small goat. But the the dance itself wasn't good. And so the teacher, Miss Gal, she says she looked like Lois from the Superman show back in the day when Terry Hatcher played the role. She was the young teacher, the cool teacher, the one that all the guys were like, you know. I'll take her class. Older, I would take her. So, (laughs) so what happens is she says, "Uh, "Guys, how was the dance?" And I said, "It was terrible." She said, "Mr. Clark, if you think that you could do it better," Don't criticize, okay? You just need to do it. Be, be the change you want to see. God, that kind of <laughs> thing. I'm going, sure, 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 sure. Meanwhile, he's terrible. She's like, okay, Thank you, Gandhi. Sarcasmo. Um, you want to DJ it? Is that what you want? You want to DJ it? You want it? I said, I, I will DJ it, yes. So um, I was a stuttering student. I didn't learn to stop stuttering until about the age of 13. Terrified of public speaking. But I said, I've got what it takes. So I cold called a bunch of people. You know i'm 16 years old 15, i guess i was like 14 years old 14 13 14 at this time calling people and i found a guy named oswald who high school urban legend he was a pothead and he had speakers and oswald Great, was willing big to black rent me the, yeah big ones he said he'll rent me the speakers for a percentage of what i bring in or something i said sure so i go back to mrs uh uh the you know, the, the teacher back that asked mrs page here's the deal if you'll give me five dollars per person that attends the dance we never have more than two or three hundred kids show up. If you give me five dollars per kid after that two or three hundred, give me a number, I'll beat it. So I think she told me two hundred. So no exaggeration, no hyperbole. I was able to get close to a thousand kids to attend the dance. Now I got I broke the rules. I didn't know the rules. I invited kids from other schools. That's not a rule. <laughs> I invited, I invited kids to it is school. now. Yeah, it's a new rule. It was an official rule. It was not at the time. It was more of an urban legend. I didn't know you could invite Litchfield Dragons to the Dassel Cocado Charger <laughs> Dance. But I did that, and I invited all the kids. And we probably had, you know, 700, 800 kids at least that, that paid. So I ended up clearing on that night like $2,000. But what Mrs. Uh, Page didn't realize is I called a company called Volt, which was trying to be like Mountain Dew. And I asked them if they could sponsor the dance because we're raising money to support students in need, which was me. They said, sure. So they dropped to by, tons of free beverages at my parents' house. I got free beverages that I was selling. I could keep all the revenue on that. I Got the speakers dirt cheap. I didn't have a crossfader. I didn't know how to mix the music properly. But I could rock the mic, and I made a playlist of every single song I would play in order. So every song was a hit. And in between the songs, I would say, All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are at a level 7. We are at a level 7, and we cannot stay at a 7. No, we can't. We've got to take this party to a 10. Who wants to go to a 10? And they're like, "Woo!" and then bam, hit it. And then I'd play the next song, and it would just keep happening over and over and over. And then for almost three hours, I kept the momentum going, and people were going, that was awesome. And then Mr. Johnson came in and said, Mr. Clark, it's too crazy because kids were crowd surfing. (laughs) because <laughs> remember it's built for 200 kids it's too much it's too much it's too much you gotta shut it down i said i'm not shutting down i said do you want mr johnson to shut it down no and everyone's like no everybody no no and it's just And then we play let me clear my throat you know let me clear my throat, and the crowd's going crazy and then he turns on the lights and shuts down he just, just turns on the lights and i'm like if you're not happy with this let him know so people start hurling volleyballs at him and it's crazy I got kicked out of the dance. I was going to
1: say, you're real popular about that time.
0: Yeah, I got kicked out. Uh, I walked home. My dad picked me up on the side of the road because I couldn't drive. And he's like, (laughs) son, what you've done is a very bad thing. And everyone in our small town of Dassel, Cokato, Minnesota, Cokato, C-O-K-A-T-O, with a population of 2038 people, they all know your name. And I'm going, yes, they do. And so that's how it started. And then I just kept getting better and better, getting kicked out of dances less and less. And I found that controversy – Or um, a purple cow, as Seth Godin would call it, or standing out is critical. And I did the same moves to pay my way through college at World Roberts University. I would put um, soap in the fountains at the private Christian university. And I was not a Christian, but I was going to a Christian university. And I would put the soap suds in the fountains, and it would create bubbles. And the bubbles would make people wonder, I wonder what's going on. It must be a dance party this weekend. That's how I promoted my uh, uh, way through college. Charged people $5 a head there where we had parties at the Marriott where it was very hot. And then uh, I got kicked out of college at Oral Roberts University for a similar kind of stunt. And then it occurred to me, my dad called me and said, why don't you stop DJing clubs and do weddings and just get serious? You know, you're, you're getting married soon. Why don't, You know, you're a 20-year-old guy. You're getting married. Why don't you get serious? And I said, no, no. And then after several brawls occurred at various clubs I was DJing at, I occurred, it occurred to me, I, w- I want to be safe and I want to get paid. I'm ready to turn in my DJ craziness and exchange that for consistency of income, thus giving way to DJConnection.com, America's largest wedding entertainment company at the time.
1: And there's fewer brawls at weddings. I mean, that, you, don't, you know, we can't rule them out altogether, but there are, there are probably generally, generally Let me tell you brawls.
0: this. Let me tell you this. I would get invited to like the Summit Club, which was like a country club at, in the top height. The, the, also, we have a big skyscraper called the Bank of America Tower on the 30th floor and the fourth first floor. It is swanky. I mean, you walk in, sir, may I take your coat? Sir, would you like to, you know, and I'm like, sir, who are they talking to? There's a guy in the bathroom that's, would you like a towel? Would you like a mint? How are you? And it's just like, like what's going on? Why is he in here? They're going. Oh, that's a guy. He's an attendant. It's fine. He's here to help you. Okay, sure. I mean, they have a a, a multiple course meals. You would sit down. You would have linens, nice linens, nice silverware, multiple. I thought, what is this place? You know, that people pass around hors d'oeuvres. They're going, sir. Would you like an hors d'oeuvre? I'm a DJ. Yeah, I'll take uh, seventeen. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. I don't know. made the platter here. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know anything about classes. This is unlimited. Let's have as much as. <laughs> it's, I thought it was, it's like having like Billy Madison go to someone's wedding. You know, that first year or two, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in the Summit Club, the Southern Hills Country Club. It's like a fifty grand a year country club. I've never been to places like this, and so I'm just DJing and. I remember one, one event planner, she told me, Claudia, Claudia. Oh, she was a wonderful lady. Claudia said, uh, can I talk to you real quick? Sure. You are the most tacky man <laughs> of I've ever met. How old are you? I'm like, I'm 20. She said, what, what is with the linen? What, is that, a, is that, a, is that a, 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 a bed? Is that a bed sheet? And I go, yes. i'm not gonna curse on your podcast although i i want to but or Nalp, or if you're listening you know who you are and by the way everybody out there if you need catering and you live in tulsa call this guy i haven't talked to him in a decade but 918-402-1860 that's the commercial line (laughs) 918-402-1860 and or or says he pulls up he he comes up to me at the german american society says hello my name is r and he's a he used to be a dj from turkey now he's like the top caterer. He's in his 60s. He looks like the Nazi character from Blues Brothers. The guy who's always <laughs> mad trying to catch Jake and Elwood. He says, this is very tacky setup. And I'm going, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, this is what I have. What, what can I do better? He goes, oh, just, and he said, this whole setup is effing ridiculous. But he drops the bomb. And I'm like, what? He's like, you're an eff up. That's what he told me. I remember going, true. Well, how can I get better? And I kept doing that, right? I'm falling forward teaching moment for your listeners i'm learning lampposts in the fog rather than waiting for it to be perfect right perfect as an enemy have done meanwhile i'm just doing i'm learning by doing that's how um you know if you quote uh, sir isaac newton he talked about we learn through doing doing people learn through doing um you know it's it's unbelievable uh, sir isaac newton also talked about how we've if i've seen further it's because i've stood on the shoulders of giants well, i would mm, go to these sure. shows. And DJ, and if my show would end early, because I wasn't very good, and they, by the way, all ended early early on, um, I would sit and watch the other DJs at other receptions DJ and in other ballrooms. And I'm going, oh, wow. That's what professional lighting looks like. Oh, man. Their speakers are better than mine. Wow, their, their, their stage presence is better. They have a plan. They're making <laughs> announcements. They say every announcement twice. They would say, ladies and gentlemen, coming up in just a moment, we have our beautiful bride and groom. In just a moment, they're going to be cutting the cake. Once again, folks, the beautiful bride and the groom will be cutting the cake. I remember remember thinking, that's so stupid. Why would they say it twice? But then I would ask the other DJs, why do you say it twice? And They said, the first time you're getting people's attention, the second time you're saying it, now they get it. Oh, wow, the DJ's hyping up the crowd before the bride gets there. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up in just a moment, the bride and the groom are going to be coming through those main doors. And when they do, we want to take this party to a next level. How many people here are excited about the bride and the groom? And they're warming up the crowd. And I learned all these moves. And I just kept learning and falling forward and learning. And then I kept doing it. And I thought, well, I'm going to hire another disc jockey and another. And when I was 20 years old, I remember I was hopping in the car, driving on Riverside. I was 21. I'm sorry, 21. I told my wife, hey, Vanessa, we should build a house. She says, Well, we can afford to build a house. Well, we're grossing hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and uh, you know we could do it. It's gross revenue, you know. Sure. And I meet with a mortgage person, they said, Well, with that kind of gross revenue, what kind of profits are you making? Oh, that's something I should <laughs> be doing. Yes, <laughs> yes. So you, you know, you learned about pricing, but I was working at Applebee's Target and DirecTV doing hundreds of thousands of dollars of gross revenue, very unprofitable. And I have a copy of this is my first all of my wedding gigs, I did my first three years are all in this binder. Wow, right here, this, all of them. I mean, this is like my first two or three years, and they're the all the wedding bible, handwritten. I mean, just they're in there, and it's just like every every wedding was a different price because I would try different <laughs> strategy every time. <laughs> uh, but then over time, I built all the systems and um, grew it to where we would have eighty disc jockeys going out every weekend, and it was super systemized. And you would say, "Wow, that guy was a genius." No, I got better 1% every week.
1: Well, you, I, I love the idea of, of, you know, just kind of falling forward and, and learning from others in your craft. And I, yep. I mean, I, I'm going to kind of go to school on that, what you just said about having to say it twice. So you and I are hopping on an elevator. We're going to go up about 10 floors. You've already said this kind of in your intro, but give me your elevator pitch again on what you're currently doing.
0: What I'm currently doing is my partner, Dr. Robert Zellner and I, we own 16 Multi-million dollar companies that you can go to see. Um, so eitrlounge.com is a men's grooming lounge, haircuts for guys, it's like a country club for men's hair. It's a membership model, four thousand members. It's high quality. The first haircut's a dollar, but it's like a sixty dollars of service. So mm-hmm. then you're like, wow, that was awesome. You can sign up for a membership for about forty bucks. Um, then you have. Um, like MLK Dentistry is a client I coach, okay? So these are pediatric dentists. So if all your listeners Google search Tulsa Pediatric Dentistry, Tulsa Pediatric Dentistry, you'll find MLK Dentistry. Comes up top in Google, boom. Um, another one, if you Google search uh, Tulsa Basketball Lessons, you'll see one of my clients, scorebball.com. It's the largest basketball training facility in Oklahoma. And I either own a part of or coach 160 brands that are currently, that currently grew this year by $2.3 billion of revenue. So some of the brands are huge. Some are not so huge. Um, so Shaw Homes, you know, doing $37 million, $37 million a year of revenue, shahomes.com, that's, that's big. But this year doing 80, that's pretty huge. Um, that's a pretty fitness. substantial increase. Yeah, and I can talk about that freely because they allow me to do that and their testimonials are on our website and I can do that. Sure. Um, full Package Media, startup, uh, he's paramedic uh, three years ago. He just passed a million dollars of gross revenue in 2019. Fullpackagemedia.com. It's a real estate photography company. Um, tip Top Canine. I have all, all these companies I work with, and uh, I just hope them nail it and scale it. And mm-hmm. because I have no hobbies or interests, I find well, it myself sounds having like you a do. lot of It sounds time like you have a to- hobby
1: and interest in exactly what you're doing.
0: Yeah, but it's I mean, like, it's, you know, uh, the distractions. You know what I mean? Sure. The distractions can keep you from the actions.
1: Exactly. And yeah.
0: I um, don't struggle with, um, God, I watched The Voice last night. and It was so good. I watched the next voice, and then I went and saw the Harriet movie twice. because I, I don't watch The Matrix. I don't read poems. I, I, I just am interested myopically in growing businesses and helping people create time and financial freedom. Right. And with my time freedom... I write semi-clever rap songs that get better every year that are kind of fun that air on my podcast.
1: Did, I, I saw somewhere where someone described you as a, like a combination of, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. Was it Jay Leno and meets um, like uh, Dave Ramsey?
0: Yahoo said I was Jim Carrey meets business. That's what Yahoo That's, they did an article about me. <laughs>
1: But That's I feel was. like
0: I'm more of like, I mean, at the conference, I didn't know who Jim Gaffigan was for
1: a long time. Uh, absolutely. But you a lot Jim of people Gaffigan. would
0: come up and say, you remind me of Jim Gaffigan. And I'm going, <laughs> why? Because go, you whisper all the time.
1: And I'm like, <laughs> get Those out of here. inner voice conversations you're having.
0: Yeah, inner dialogue. And then on our podcast we do, on uh, thrivetimeshow.com, we do there's 40 different characters, 40, four, zero, that um, uh, pipe that show up from time to time. And uh, they kind of personify what I would call jackassery, and jackassery is a wealth-repelling uh, disorder that <laughs> binds the universe together. That most of us struggle with at some point. Um, it's what makes you late for a meeting. It's jackassery. Especially it's what, former DJs. Oh, you know, if you're a DJ, you are bound. You're bound by jackassery. <laughs> you're in the bondage in of jackassery. You can't escape. That's what you do. Yeah, but you. It's what makes you not have an agenda for your staff meeting. It's what makes you not check the bank account. It's what makes you yeah. walk by a piece of trash and leave it there.
1: Oh, like a it's, dangerous condition.
0: It is. And it, the world suffers from it. And I wrote a book about it. And it was, uh, I listed all of the jackassery that I once struggled from. And it's it's, it's gone over <laughs> pretty well.
1: <laughs> so walk us through kind of the, the uh, I, I know that each client would, it would be different, but is, are, yeah. is there kind of a, a skeleton or a foundation that oh, you yeah. walk each company through, and you know, kind of give us the highlights of, of you know, the the your areas of specialty. I mean, is it let's is it kind of it. full, broad, comprehensive, or are you, or are there specific things that you guys are really good at?
0: Well, let's do it. Let's let's go through. Uh, let's pretend we're doing an assessment, and uh, the one I just did yesterday, or two days ago, was a, a auto body repair shop in New England. Mm -hmm. And so we start off, I go, step one, we establish revenue goals. What's your annual revenue? What's your current revenue? Like, what's your annual revenue now? But what's your goal? So what's your goal revenue? What's your annual revenue now? Where are you now versus where do you want to be? We just got to know that. A lot of people right there, they go, "Ah, well, you know, overall, I just want to be successful. You know, overall, I just want, and I don't know what that means because, like, I'm done trying to earn money. I'm just trying to help one listener on your show today. And I have 160 clients. So I'm I'm no longer trying to expand my territory. I'm very happy. Okay, good. But some guys want to grow. I mean, one of my clients said, my son died in a freak accident at the age of 19. And I worked every hour of every day. And I just want to spend time with my family. So mm. this, this homie is one of my clients. He literally goes to California every single week on Friday and shuts his business down. And he comes back to Oklahoma on Mondays every week. But he used to be open seven days a week so i want to go over your revenue goals and then why step two is when we know we want to know the numbers how many customers do you need per week just to break even how many customers we need per week to achieve your goal so being very transparent with our listeners um a chicken i know i know i know we have to dream but a chicken costs to buy a really good chicken i mean if you're going to get a quality silky chicken I'm going to drop something crazy like eight bucks on a chicken. Now, I know some listeners might say, that's nuts, but I'm going to drop up to eight bucks on a chicken. Now, so I don't have a lot of goals that cost a lot of money because I drive a Hummer that uh, was originally driven by Moses. It's an old, older Hummer, and I've had it forever. And uh, all, everything I own is pretty much paid for. I don't have anything I owe money to. So, my break even point, I need 96 grand a year to feed. My wife, my five kids, and to send them to private school. And, uh, you know, um, my wife doesn't charge me for sex, um, and that's a great thing. Um, my kids don't charge me for love. Um, my friendships, they don't charge me to hang out. Um, hot tub, it costs money to fire up, you know, that kind of thing. So, anyway, it's 96 grand a year. That's mm-hmm. what it's currently. So, I need to cut 4,000 haircuts a month to pay myself eight grand while also putting money back into the reserve account. I pay myself $2 per haircut, and it goes back into the reserve account. So just that business alone pays for my life. You know. um, so you got to know your numbers. But then we got to figure out what's our biggest limiting factor. And so you ask the client, you ask the potential prospect, what's your biggest limiting factor? And the guy from Boston, not that everyone in Boston sounds like this, but we'll just <laughs> pretend he does. Uh, so basically, well, basically the freaking, uh, you know, it's just the freaking, you can't find good freaking people freaking out. You know what I'm saying? Lobster. That's what happens. And you're like, did you just say lobster? No, I didn't say freaking lobster, lobster, Tom Brady. You know, but you find out that people, that, that they, they feel like they can't find people. So we got a lot of customers coming in, but I can't find enough people. So then that becomes the biggest limiting membrane. Uh, I talked to a guy earlier this week, cool guy, not a good fit. He says his biggest limiting factor is he wants to change the way that people interact with food. So I'm going, you know, for a long time, I'm a Christian. God has been instructing people, you know, not to be gluttonous or don't overdrink or, you know, the, the 12 disciples were talking about certain things. Uh, Jewish people have had the Rabbi Daniel Lappin on our show. He's been talking about things. The Pope's been talking about things. You're trying to talk about not being gluttonous. I mean, I can't fix that. I'm going to have to peace out. Not going to work. Well, why? Because I can't change human behavior. Now, I can tell you, some of my clients I work with have big box gyms, and this is a secret to success. You get a big box, a big gym, and you get the best equipment. And then you charge people a membership fee, and no one ever shows up. Now, I can help you make money that way.
1: Absolutely. That is a great model.
0: Oh, they don't show up. So you can get yourself about 50,000 members at a gym that has a capacity for 500, and you're like, how does that work? Because they check the little scan cards, and yep. like 1% of people, seriously, 1% to 3% ever show up. And if you're a gym owner, one of my clients I worked with, he used to text you a reminder if you didn't show up for the workout. Oh, that's a bad gig. That's a bad gig. Because if you text someone a reminder, hey, we haven't seen you in a month, they cancel. So anyway, so, so you go over the biggest limiting factor. Some people say, I have a lot of leads if I don't close anything. Some people say I don't have any leads, but everyone has a different biggest limiting factor. Step three, I, go, I ask them, how many hours per week are you willing to work? And then usually you have a coachable person or an uncoachable person, A or B. The coachable person will say, Clay, how many hours a week do you work? And I go, well, let's not talk about hours. Let's talk about when I work. So I wake up every day at 3 a.m. And I get to the office about 4. I listen to T.D. Jakes while I'm driving here. And then from 4, my first meeting with my, first, uh, my team is at 6 a.m. I plan my day, the first couple hours. I meet with my team at 6 a.m. to answer all their questions. We have a staff meeting every morning at 6. At 7, I hop into my meeting with Stacy Purcell, America's number one veterinarian recruiter. She's been a longtime client. She does very well. Then I hop on the call with Pastor Brian uh, with River, with uh, his church based in mm-hmm. Amarillo and Owensboro at 8. And then at 9, I meet with Master Machine, a machine shop. And at 10, I meet with Roy, an RC automotive, an R- RC automotive specialist. And then at 11, I meet with Steve Currington, TotalLeadingConcepts.com. And at 12, I meet with Aaron Antis with Shaw Homes. And at one, I meet with American Document Shredding. And at two, and they go, sounds like all your meetings are back to back. Don't you have any downtime? I go, no. And then I go home. When I'm home, I turn my phone off because I'm home. So uh, we've talked about optimizing our schedule and how many hours are we willing to work? And some clients say 80 some say 40 some say 30. Uh, we got one client right now who has cystic fibrosis he knows when he will die Mm. and he wants to maximize the hours he's living so his schedule is very different than mine um and he works about four hours a day and does an unbelievable job and uh but his so who am i to say you need to work 12 or 10 or four hours a day step four and i won't bore your listeners with all 13 steps but step four So we want to determine what's your unique value proposition. How do you stand out? You know, if you were Hobby Lobby, um, what do you do differently, Mr. Hobby Lobby? Well, we're a Christian home goods company. It's closed on Sundays, and we offer huge discounts on home decor. Okay, cool. Uh, Mr. Harley Davidson, what do you do differently, sir? Well, Ken Schmidt, who used to manage and run Harley Davidson there for a while, he was their chief marketing officer who took them out of bankruptcy. He's spoken at our conferences. He said... Well, what we found is that they're louder than anybody else and more powerful and less fuel efficient. I repeat, less fuel efficient, louder, and more powerful than the Japanese bikes we're going to win. See, most people don't have a differentiating. What what does it makes you different? What's the thing that makes people unsubscribe from my podcast? Um, Your ridiculousness? True, that's it. (laughs) People unsubscribe because of my ridiculousness. And you might say, no way. Yeah, that's true. They did. People unsubscribe because of my ridiculousness. Why do people subscribe? I got a letter today from a dude in Russia
1: Sound free.
0: who listens and says the reason why he listens every day is because it's funny. But some people say, you got to get more serious, man. You got to be more serious. My partner's 54, we have 16 multi million dollar companies. And we've been serious for a long time, thank you. And we no longer want to be serious because because we're going to be dead soon. So we like to have some fun, but it doesn't need doesn't mean if you have a podcast you have to be fun. You just got to figure out what is your niche, what makes you different, what's your unique genetic code. Step five is branding. You know your branding on a scale of one to ten. To ten does it look like Tiffany or Nike or one does it look like you know the the Plan B for the Kmart off brand that's currently not sold in stores. I mean, does it look like your cousin? made it using Microsoft paint back in the eighties or does it look (laughs) like it was made with a real designer? Does your website look like, yeah. So you got to ask yourself your branding. We get into that. Then we get into marketing. Step six, seven is sales scripts. Do you have call recording in place? You know, do you use ClarityVoice.com to record your calls or do you not step eight? What does it cost you to get a customer? Step nine, do you have repeatable systems, a universal file naming system? Is everything backed up? Do you have documented processes and checklists? 10, management. Do you have a management system? 11, do you have a sustainable weekly schedule or does it suck? Human resources on a scale of 1 to 10, do you have A players or do you have terrible players? You know, uh, A players run circles around B players and C players. Do you do a weekly interview with everybody? Do you not? Does your job post make sense? And then accounting. Accounting? What? Well, as a profit of profit, my job is to help people make a profit. And most entrepreneurs are big, big men with big, big muscles and big, big trucks with the big, big wheels. They have a good shirt. They have bedazzled jeans, but they do not look at their numbers, all to compensate for the fact that they're afraid of numbers. Big, big guys, big, big women with big, big goals. Nobody, though, wants to talk about accounting. Why is that? Oh, man, because it's not good.
1: Be- because not good. they're afraid of the of the result if they look at them. They're like the, the, they're trending downward. Their money's leaking out the back door. What's the. Well. Or- Let's do, and
0: let's do a little fun with math here for the listeners this morning. There are 330 million Americans that we know about. Uh, okay, 330 million. Look it up. Some say 327, Census Bureau, 329. Let's say it's 330, though. How many of the people in the population are self-employed? One might ask. Well, I, well, I was looking it up and I was doing the math. I was crying. 16 million. So about 16 million are self-employed. Well, Clay, but how many of them fail? How many of them fail? I want to know how many of them fail um 96% 96% of people fail oh my gosh yes 96 that's a big number whoa 96% of people fail in business within the first 10 years 96% which means statistically mr listener you have a 0.0019% chance of success that's not encouraging but it is encouraging because when you know that the biggest issue for all these people, people, they, they, I mean, I work with huge companies that have no idea where their money's going 10 years in. I just helped a guy today, true story, I helped a guy today recover. This is terrible. He has a membership model for a great business, doing very well, you would think. We found out that 900 of his members are not charged their $39 a month fee. Oh, it's in mind body a great software. And the person who manages it abdicates it. They don't delegate it. They abdicate. It. They don't look at it. And they, apparently the num- there was one little setting. You, you know, you can click you on your phone. You can do push notifications. You turn it on. You turn it off. There was a setting for off. So, so <laughs> Homeboy literally was turning off $36,000 a month.
1: Oh, wow. And I how did, long? We, who um, knows it, how long?
0: Well, we, we found out today it's approximately two years. Wow. Now, you know why we found it out? It's because the IRS sent a notification to him saying that he failed to pay a certain tax. So he goes to pay it, thinking the money's there. Uh Uh-uh. But I'm I'm telling you, you want to hear American tragedy. Let's do this. This was 36. There's 900 members times 36. And then this is times 24 months. So we have $777,000 that we can never get back. True story. Just today, uh, I work with a huge fracking company, and we put a GPS program on your uh, on the vehicles. Um, I'll tell you which one we put on them. But we put the GPS on the vehicles. We're tracking the numbers. You know, how many units of frack sand need to be hauled per day? And when you have bigger companies, the numbers get big, bigger. But let me find the company we put on here. Because we put a new uh, – let me find it. Um, oh, I know it's not exciting for your listeners. Watch a man find things. But Samara is the company. Samara, S-A-M-A-R-A, Samara we put the gps samara on there put it on there <laughs> samara that's the you put it on there and we tracked the trucks we found out that when the frac sand haulers were going to hooters they weren't going to the job site and so we were paying these dudes to do nothing guess how much money was being embezzled every month just by people taking the company card buying things <laughs> that weren't for the company making up fictitious invoices and paying companies that they owned or strictly not going to the job. How much money per month do you think was per month being lost?
1: 1.5 million.
0: That's, you're, you're a negative man. I know, <laughs> but it was over, over $200,000 a month oh, that was being embezzled. No, but seriously, that's crazy. That's still a lot. That's, that's, like,
1: that's a ridiculous amount. And that's
0: like my first, that's like in our first <clears throat> two meetings.
1: <laughs> you're a negative man. Yeah, I, didn't, I, mean, I mean, so, yeah, didn't so the um, whole story there.
0: And then the final thing we, I mean, I, there's a lot of steps, but the final thing that a lot of people struggle with is search engine optimization. For sure, there's a lot of charlatans that make it complicated, and you feel like you're trying to like rewire a nuclear submarine using just spiritual quotations and feelings, and so you don't know even where to start. And they make it complicated. All these internet char- charlatans make it complicated. And so I wrote a book that all your listeners can download for free right now, free, there's no upsell. You you go to thebestseobook.com, thebestseobook.com, download the book for free. And in the book, I have 40 case studies that you can read of real people like you that have implemented it throughout the pages. And if you'll just skip to chapter two, there's a checklist that you just go through and make sure you're checking all the boxes. And then for all of your listeners, the, the way I do it is if you will find the Rising Tide podcast today on iTunes and leave a review or find... Where, where else can they find you? iHeart I maybe? could they find you on Spotify? Spotify,
1: where? YouTube, yeah, Stitcher. So
0: anywhere where they could leave a review. Just leave a review, subscribe and leave a review. And if you'll send a screenshot of that, send a screenshot of your review, so I know you did it, uh, to info at thrivetimeshow.com, our consultants... We'll do a half-hour deep dive with you, which we would normally charge um, bigger companies $1,000 for. We would do it for free, and we'll take an hour with you to go through what's wrong with your site. But There's no upsell. There's no catch. Or you can just download my book at thebestseobook.com and go to Chapter 2. And once you recognize the steps you need to take, and you're like, man, my site doesn't have HTTPS encryption. I need to put that on my site. Okay, boom. Wow, my site doesn't have all of its meta tags updated. Boom. Well, my site doesn't have a thousand words of content per page. Boom. Well, my site has a slow site loading speed. Well, it takes the spiritualness out of it. Just a checklist.
1: Right, right. What well, I mean, what a great offer, and, I, and we're very grateful for you all yeah. offering that for our for our listeners, and uh, we'll make sure that, that that's listed in the show notes. And you know, I was, I'm going to take a little bit of a, a deeper dive in here, I could I could continue asking questions about, sure, you know, companies it. and and how you you know kind of migrated over the years but uh I'm, I'm really curious about just driving a little deeper just you know and you've probably touched on this in a, in a variety of ways but i really wanted to give the opportunity to kind of drill down what would you say is your why
0: uh well it's kind of a thing where um i have uh thanksgiving coming up. i'm not sure when the show comes out but i have thanksgiving we all have thanksgiving coming up you know and um, you might say, Clavis, if you know me well, you call me Clavis usually, or Claytron. A lot of my friends call me Claytron because like, you're like a robotic sick freak, you know. Um, and I was watching the the Bill Gates documentary. Just I watched it, I'm watching it right now, working yeah, my way through it. It's great. Bill reads 150 pages per hour with a 90% retention, according to Melinda and those closest to him. That's crazy. So Bill's mom, if you've seen the documentary, she would tap on the door. Bill, what are you doing? He's in there reading and eating pencils. He would gnaw on pencils while reading books, you know, in high school. And you'd say, well, why? What's his why? I think I have extreme, massive OCD, obsessive compulsiveness about something. And I also think that um, because I, w- I was, um, you know, all of us go through some kind of abuse, verbal or whatever, growing up. Somebody's mean to you, bullying, whatever. Yeah, I think we all have to have that. I had a little bit of um, sexual abuse from a neighbor kid back in the day. And I say a little bit. It was a lot. And then my parents found out and they stopped it, okay? But I also stuttered. So I don't need human interaction, if that makes any sense to you. I don't need it. So I don't need, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I could go days, I could go days. Uh, so we're doing a 20-hour series right now on the management mastery of Bill Belichick, and there's so much detail in it. And many of our listeners have said, why would you do that? I mean, well, if you don't need human interaction, right? Um, <laughs> I got a lot of time on my hands. So um, if you Google search Burj Najarian, Berj Najarian, B-E-R-J, N-A-J-A-R-I-A-N, Burj Najarian. Burj Najarian is Bill Belichick's personal assistant. And that is the man who has rejected me more than almost anybody else when it comes to, I I want his boss to be on the show and he rejects me because that's his job is to keep people like me away from Bill Belichick. Otherwise we wouldn't want to talk about Bill Belichick if he'd be distracted talking to people like me. So I thought, I wonder how many shows I have to do about Burz Najarian and transcribe them and optimize them before I can be top for his name. It turned out about 10 and now we're top. But because I have no hobbies and interests, nor do I need human interaction, there's nothing stopping me. So, my Thanksgiving looks like this. I am going to, at 5.30 p.m., I'm going to pick up a smoked turkey from Oklahoma Joe's. Six, I will drop off the smoked food at Jonathan Kelly's house and my house. 6.15, I will start making the food. Two stalks of bananas, sweet potatoes, eggs, coconut, unsweetened, shredded pecans, scarlet salad. It's my daughter's favorite salad. Lettuce, avocado, blue cheese, Newman's balsamic vinaigrette, asparagus, stuffing, celery, onion, pumpkin pie, pumpkin puree, evaporated milk, pecan pie. You go you write all of it down yep apple pie how many apple pies one green one gluten-free pie crust mashed potatoes cranberry i make a checklist for everything so at 9 a.m i will wake up and make banana pancakes in the shapes of people of historical significance i do it every year and so i'll be like, yeah, everything looks like
1: mickey mouse yeah, all,
0: well i, I also I, the kids can't see it but i'm like Who wants uh, Abraham Lincoln? (laughs) Abraham Lincoln, right? And they're like, Dad, it doesn't look like Abraham Lincoln. It does, too. It looks like a potato. It's like that picture from the 90s. You stare at it and you (laughs) can see it. And then at 10 o'clock, we begin making food. And then we pick up firewood. And then at 11, we watch the football game. At 5.30, meal is served. 6.30, we make Moscow mules to perfection. And we watch Christmas Vacation. And I have got a whole plan plan for every day of my life. And so what's my why? It's that I don't have anything else to do. I mean, I literally cannot sit still. I cannot stop. So I'm not, I don't have like a big thing other than growing up poor, I saw what it was like to be poor. We had to have no money. And so I have a picture of my dad by my mic in my studio at my house. And every time I talk to a client, I'm 39. When my dad, who's a college graduate from Oral Roberts University, was 37, 38, 39, he was delivering pizzas at Domino's and working the night shift at Quick Trip. Mm. I thought he hated me because he worked until 3 a.m. And to this day, I still wake up at 3 because I set my alarm because that's when I could see my dad to watch ESPN Sports Center reruns. But then as I got older and I watched my dad die of Lou Gehrig's here three years ago, I got a chance to have a lot of good talks with my dad after I hired him when I was 27. And he didn't hate me. He just had to exchange every hour of his life for money to put food on our table. Right. And if your parent becomes a fable because they're always trying to work to put money on the table, that's a problem. So I figured I am able to help learn to teach people how to put food on their table without requiring them to work all the time. So all these people I work with, they're going, you've changed my life. Like not my business, but I literally went from barely making my Payments. Uh, we just met with a guy today. who's a surgeon who went from like twelve thousand a week average sales to thirty-eight thousand a week of sales on average within four months. He went from barely covering his fixed expenses and paying himself seventy thousand a year as a surgeon to him talking about making four to five grand a week of extra profit. And that. So when I talk to my surgeon client, it's really weird, and it's like a movie. When I look at my surgeon, I see my dad's face.
1: And well, so look, like I'm talking and, to my dad. you know you, you kind of remind me of Eminem and Lecrae had a baby, you know. So mm-hmm. there's this the nice combination going on there. But uh, I think you you kind of uncovered your why during the whole thing. I mean, you can talk about you know the checklist, yeah. but that's just symptomatic of of kind of the more underlying. Uh, I agree with you. You know why of of what drives you and what gets you out of bed at three o'clock in the morning. But so. I mean, I, I love the, just the whole basis of, of our, our chat today and, and just really just kind of picking your brain. I really appreciate you taking that time. But can you kind of wrap us up today, just just speak into the lives of those that might be listening that, that yeah, you know, tomorrow want to just want to start something. They, they have in mind, they might have an idea in mind or whatever. But what's kind of the fundamental process that you would you would say if you were starting tomorrow from scratch, what would you, what, two or three steps that you would do? And I'm just curious, you know, what, what type of business would it be?
0: Well, what we're going to do is we're going to say, right now, we're assuming we don't have a business. It's going to be the, the, the hypothesis we're working off of here. Um, so we don't have a business, but we want time freedom. Now, let's just let's assume that's our goal. We want to be able to have all the time in the world to do whatever we want to do. All right. okay. So what we have to do is we have to find a problem that we can solve. And if you're like uh, well, everyone except for 16 million Americans, you don't know what it is. So there's 330 million Americans. Only 16 know what problem they're even going to solve. So you go, I don't know what problem I can solve. Okay, so what can I do? I can follow a system. Okay, cool. So I would recommend, it might be self-serving, so I want to get that out there. But you might say, I'm going to go to oxyfresh.com, and I'm going to fill out the form and see if buying an oxyfresh franchise makes sense for me because I can, for under 50 grand, buy a business, that ranks top in the world in Google for the phrase "carpet cleaning quotes." I can show up, clean carpets. I can buy a vehicle for my family. I can buy a business vehicle for under fifty grand that has the capacity to create the money I want to make, and I can teach it to other people. It's scalable. There's a call center that books your uh, appointments for you. They're top in Google. It's very turnkey. So you fill out that form, and you might book a discovery day. You fly out. It's federally regulated franchising. So you fly out to Denver. And you might say, and again, I make money if you buy one. I make five grand if you buy one, okay? So, if you don't buy one, it's fine. But the, you, then you fill out of Jimmy John's. You're like, I get it. I'm hungry. I've eaten food. That's cool. So, you fill out that. You go, I'm looking at Jimmy John's, and I'm looking at an Oxyfresh. And then I'm going to look at, and I would just look at different franchises that mm-hmm. are out there. And if you don't know what to do, if you don't have a, a skill that is uh, scalable. If I would do franchising. Just find a franchise because you can buy a, a, a business for a lot of times for less money than it takes to buy a new car. And after SBA payments, I mean, for, you know, two grand a month, you got a business and it works. It's been proven to work and you can't be a franchise anymore due to the federal regulations from the for fran- the uh, federal trade commission. You can't be a franchise anymore without disclosing all the facts. So you're going to know everybody who's bought one and failed. You're going to have all the disclosures, all the gross revenue per locations. I mean, it's there. Now, if you have a skill, let's say you're a piano teacher. Or uh, you like to, you're good at mowing lawns or you're, uh, you know, you can make a product that people like, cakes or shoes or something. Well, then go try to sell 10 of them. Let's not try to sell a million. And don't, When I looked at the results I was doing, there's 2 billion people that all wear shoes. And then if I only sell to 1% of the 2 billion and everyone has two shoes, that's 4 billion pairs of shoes that I could make a million dollars. I mean,
1: just stop it. Sounds like you're talking to Shark Tank there.
0: Yeah, let's just find a um, problem you can solve, okay? Then we try to sell 10. Once you can sell 10, now let's try to sell 100. So now we got to get into the branding conversation. Let's make a beautiful website. And just that. Beautiful site and beautiful packaging. So whatever people see looks great. It looks better than you. In fact, branding is just perception. To quote Elon Musk, to quote Elon Musk, branding is just perception. Sometimes it'll be a head sometimes it'll be behind but it's just simply a perception people have so look big look like you're the biggest company in the world with the best website ever before you sell hundred somethings and then try to sell a hundred and then after that try to sell a thousand and you just keep doing that and then if you can afford it again it sounds self-serving but I'm not always available I'm usually not um hire a coach mm-hmm. but don't hire a coach you don't know what they're doing find someone who has a proven track record that has verifiable testimonials that you can verify they're not a charlatan. Find a real person and, uh, you know, avoid contracts when necessary unless they have like, a huge track record or someone you can trust. And then if that doesn't work, um, we have a workshop that we do in Tulsa. And, again, for any of your listeners, if they will just leave a review about your show today, the Rising Tide Startups, if those, if those leave a review about the Rising Tide Startups podcast. We normally charge $250 per ticket to attend. Mm-hmm. If they'll leave a review about your show and send us a screenshot, proof of it to info at thrivetimeshow.com, they can attend our workshop for uh, just 37 bucks. Wow. And I was on the profit first podcast talking about this. And we had a listener who said, I'm going to do it. So he leaves a review screenshots, it sends it to me with great fear of upsell and, you know, get rich quick and jackassery, that kind of thing. I get it. <laughs> and he finds out we're in his own city. That man was called Tip Top Canine. He went from one location to now nine locations in the past three years. Uh, I was on the EO Fire podcast, John Lee Dumas, as we were talking about pre-show. And uh, uh, somebody took advantage of this, and they ended up um, – it was Delrecht Research. If you look it up, D-E-L-R-I-C-H-T Research. And we took them from a startup, we'll call it pre-profit, not profit, to $100,000 a month of profit last time we talked. And that was in an 18-month window. Wow. So find somebody who knows the way. And I've paid mentors throughout my career. I mean, I paid, right. Mike, I paid Michael Levine $25,000. This is the guy who's the PR. i got to whisper $25,000. He's the PR consultant for if you look at Michael Levine and Google. Google search of Michael Levine and the word uh, public relations. He's the PR consultant for President Bush, Nike, Prince. It uh, 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 was Michael Jackson during his prime, Nancy and Clay, Kerrigan.
1: He, he says Clay Clark now.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And I, so I hired him. And, uh, whoa, man, I learned a lot about media. I mean, just this week, I got one of my clients on the Kelly Clarkson show. If you look up, uh, in Google, Tulsa man buys eight billboards, uh, to proclaim love for wife. If you Google search that, you'll find it. We got him in Good Morning America, Kelly Clarkson, all from stuff I learned. So find someone who's done it. I mean, it was a lot of money, but he's the best.
1: Now, what a what a great uh, roadmap. I mean, I, I really like the idea of if, you know, you don't have an idea, you look at, look at franchising. I mean, it's, oh, just it's, it's kind free. of a turnkey business in a box, you know. It's
0: free to learn, too. Yeah. I mean, the, the disclosures required from the federal government are so transparent and right. so invasive for a franchise owner. They can't just sell you air. So it's so great. I mean, yeah. think about that. They have to disclose all of their locations, mm-hmm. the gross revenue, the cell phone numbers now of the people that own them. I mean, that totally takes out any shamakery there. I mean, that yeah. is power. And you can learn a lot. Even if you don't buy one, you can learn so much about business just by going to the Discovery Days.
1: Right, right. Well, Clay, this has sort of been a pl- pleasure just checking up with you and uh, just just really hearing your stories. I mean, I, I, it's like we we had a webinar here that, uh, you know, right in the middle of our our Rising Tide interview. Is there anything that I haven't haven't asked you about that you just want to kind of close with and then just let people know where the best place to find you?
0: Well, I know that everybody has different faiths and different um, worldviews that we come about. And and I I, I think that that is, um, you know, I I accept that. But I think that Lee Cockrell put it best. This is one of my my partners, uh, the former executive vice president of Walt Disney World Resorts, who managed 40,000 employees. Wow. Uh, And he, I I put this all in my book, by the way, all your listeners, if they go to thrivetimeshow.com, forward slash free resources so thrivetimeshow.com forward slash free dash resources thrivetimeshow.com forward slash free dash resources they can download all my books including this book the boom book uh, for free there's like 13 books you can download but lee says one of the main reasons people don't improve is that they're not honest with themselves and then george washington carver goes on this guy was born a slave he ended up totally reinvigorating the African-American cash crops and the soil through learning how to oxidize the soil. Phenomenal. He was born a slave though. He said 99% of the failures come from people who have the habit of making excuses. So what I'm saying to you, I don't care where you come from, where you came from. I don't care your skin color. I don't care your age. I don't care how many times you failed. I have a model T, an actual literal model T in the background here, a second year edition that we bought an actual model T because Henry Ford lost it all five times, and I wanted to find a way to encourage myself, so we we have a Model T in the office. And it's an expensive way to demonstrate, but it drives. But Disney lost it all twice. Thomas Edison went through 10,000 failed experiments as a team before he came up with the light bulb that worked. Uh, When you think about Elon Musk, Tesla, 10 years of no profit. FedEx, Fred Smith, 13 years of no profit. ESPN, almost a decade of no profit. Mm. 11 years of Amazon, no profit. Airbnb, five years of no profit. You think about these numbers. Uh, Facebook, three years and a $3.63 million loss. Three years, $3.63 million loss. Google, Google, my friends at Google, 1996 to 1999, no profit. So you think about that, then you start to say, gosh, I need to fire more shots. Today is my day. I have looked at my calendar. I have assessed it. I have turned the pages. I look. There's cute dogs on every page and kittens and cats, and there's the cheerleaders and all these different things, but there's no, so, there's no someday. There's a Monday. There's a Tuesday. Where's someday? There's not. There's a Wednesday. There's a Thursday. There's a Friday. Where is the someday? I can't find it in here. There's a Saturday. There's a Sunday, but I don't see Sunday. Today must be now because napoleon hill says that a dream is a is, is a, a dream he says a goal is a dream with a deadline a goal is a dream mm. with a deadline so we must have a sense of urgency that you and i will be dead soon my dad died of lou gehrig's and he did not choose the date of his death he did not choose the date he would get sick uh, my best friend died in college and when you revere every day and you feel you view every day as a gift from god and your gift to him is how you use that day now you're going to do some powerful stuff. When you view every day that you have as a gift from God, and then you decide, my gift to God is how I will present when I'm present. What, what am I going to give to God today? I'm going to give back to Him. So if you look up the word work in the, in, the, in the Old Testament, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The word work in the Hebrew, if you look it up, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The word work means worship. I chased around Rabbi Daniel Lapid to have him on my podcast. But the word work means worship. So work and worship mean the same thing. So if you work as under the Lord with a sense of urgency, you can't lose. Yep. So I encourage you out there today, act now. Whatever it is, start your business now. Do it. Call your wife now. Tell her she's amazing now. Stop being a bad dad now. Stop being a bad business owner now. Do it now. Make your goals right now for your faith, your family, your finances, your fitness, and your friendship, and start now. Make, it, make your list right now. What are my goals for my F6? faith? Family, finances, fitness, friendship, and fun. And then act now. Put it into your calendar now because this right here is a is a great host who's sacrificing his time and his energy because he cares about you. You being the one person listening. We have an audience of one is how I perceive this. And you need to get motivated. Understand you do not have time to put it off. This is your time. You have nothing to lose. You came into this earth naked. You're going to leave dead and naked too. So what, what are you going to take with you? Let's go. Let's do it. What do we have to lose? Nothing. Let's go do it.
1: What a tremendous closing. We uh, thank you for uh, just kind of wrapping that up in such a tremendous way, and and really just taking your time today. And and I know it's in the midst of uh, you know we had to carve out some time in that incredible schedule yeah. that you've got every day. But uh, Clay, I'm just I am I'm grateful on behalf of all of the, those listen that listen to Rising Tide. We just appreciate your time today and appreciate the the info you shared with us and and just the, the generous offers you've, you've included in this as well. But just thank you again for just taking your time and just helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Clay, thanks again.
0: Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.